0: This is a Baby Brunch Podcast. This podcast is proudly brought to you by FedHealth. FedHealth's FlexiFed 2 and 3 options offer superb maternity and childhood benefits, including its free FedHealth baby program to see members through their pregnancy and parenting journeys. Choose FedHealth for trusted medical aid cover that gives you choice, flexibility and control and that will be with you through every stage of your family's unique journey fed health we let you be you world breastfeeding week is celebrated every year from the 1st until the 7th of august to encourage breastfeeding and to improve the health of our babies around the world we're really lucky because today we are making contact with gentle breastfeeding studio and you can find them on gentlebreastfeedingstudio.co.za leah hughes it's wonderful to speak to you today let's first talk about how your studio started you're a mother of two why so passionate about the breast absolutely lana thank you so much for this opportunity 16 years
1: ago my son was born and though we had a traumatic birth the breastfeeding came so naturally and 13 years ago my daughter was born and we had a prepped and planned birth but i had so many breastfeeding challenges i just looked at my body and i thought if i could exclusively breastfeed my son and reach all these goals why was it so hard with the same body to reach any goal second time round? And I just began questioning myself and looking for an answer. A pivotal point for me was I'd used a breast pump on both my breastfeeding journeys. And once I achieved so many results and the next time I didn't. And it just got me thinking, you know, how is it that our bodies can work so differently? I just explored different options, reached out to a few um, companies and just felt that mums deserved choices in terms of breastfeeding support, breast pump advice. Hence, Breastfeeding Studio was kind of born through my own trials and my own opportunities working for a few leading brands and really just wanting to bring solutions to mothers to assist them to reach their breastfeeding goals.
0: I remember being pregnant and thinking, I just can't wait to hold my baby, but I can't wait to breastfeed my baby. It was this one idea of of bonding, or maybe the first idea of bonding with my baby. What can we do while we are pregnant to take care of our breasts? So leading up to giving birth and you're excited about breastfeeding, is there anything that we need to know?
1: Absolutely. Preparation, having the opportunity to make an informed choice, understanding how it is that you're going to initiate your whole milk supply is very, very important for an expectant mum. But ultimately, while she's pregnant, just getting a good fitting bra, something seamless, um, a carry well, seamless you know, maternity and breastfeeding bra, making sure she's comfortable because that comfort really leads to confidence. Probably mm-hmm. not one thing a mum can do to prepare her for breastfeeding and then obviously attending a dental breastfeeding preparation class where we just put some key points in mind to prepare mum for that breastfeeding journey.
0: Is there anything that you should do to your breasts? I mean, we we previously had a podcast on feeding a baby if you have COVID-19. are the times that we are living in and one of the things that Dr. Mariskin pointed out was he said one of the things that you can add to your routine for instance when the baby is here is washing the breast with some soapy water is there any kind of preparation like that leading up to giving birth that you need to do with breasts to make sure that you can successfully breastfeed? In
1: terms of that a mum does not need to do anything while she is pregnant in terms of successfully breastfeeding what we do know is any kind of stimulation at the nipple
0: can actually bring on preterm labor oh wow yeah don't do it (laughs) there we go i remember being in hospital with my baby with my firstborn and she's five now and she's an incredible kid she's just wonderful but i remember after giving birth i went home with my new baby this gorgeous little thing yeah and I left the hospital not knowing how to breastfeed. Oh, Lana. And yeah, and it was because I was inundated with guests, you know, I, I didn't know that you can say no to visitors. And when I say visitors, these weren't my own guests. These were people that wanted to do hearing aid tests and, you know, sell me things. And so they had access to my hospital room and I eventually left there not knowing how to properly do it. Is there anything that we should know while we are in hospital or perhaps you're doing a home birth and you still have access to your doula right there? Is there anything we need to know before we leave hospital after that natural or cesarean, whatever you chose or whatever baby chose or anything that we need to know before before the experts leave us to be alone with our babies?
1: Absolutely, so especially for so our mum's getting birth in hospital and our mum will automatically have access to the dealer or the midwife if they have had a home birth ring that bell, call that midwife or that dealer back and say please help me a mum should know that breastfeeding is a learned behaviour, it's going to take some time so ringing that bell, asking for support and not letting that medical professional go until that baby's latched and you feeling confident because your confidence is going to grow every day but of course it takes support and just saying not letting them out that room until you feel that you've got this. That would be the best bit of support I can offer that, that mum. Because remember, when you go home, then you're really alone. So use the support that is offered to you while your midwife is there, while you're in hospital. I'm getting to explain the why. That's very important. Why is that? I think if you understand that your baby's tummy is so small, at birth Approximately their tummy is only like six moles and all that colostrum, there's few drops of, you know, colostrum, that sticky milk in the beginning. If you understand that baby needs to drink frequently in the beginning, if you understand that, oh, it's been two hours, but could my baby possibly want the breast again? Of course he wants your breast again. Remember that six moles tummy needs nutrition again, you know. If you know that your baby's tummy is going to be like 25 more big, big on day three and then it's going to grow to 51 moles or so by day seven, frequent breastfeeding is every things, if you understand the why and you know that your baby needs to drink efficiently and
0: frequently to drain the breast for your body to make more milk, all of a sudden we're okay with doing all of this. I also like how you are saying, Leah, because it's like you just opened an idea or new door for me and I mean my babies are bigger now but that it's a learned behavior I love that and I mean I'm a runner right I was never I was never an athlete I mean I played hockey but it's a learned behavior you can't just go and run a marathon you have to train and you have to learn to do certain things in order to become fit and you just it's like a light bulb moment for me that it's a learned behavior so it's going to take time Time for you to run this marathon with this little pudding that you've just given birth to, you know? And the pressure is on. It's, it's on so much that we do look to other moms or Hollywood movies and it, it seems... I know. It's, it seems so quick in those documentaries, right? They put the baby on the boob and then they drink. And I love your analogy of the, of the getting fit and running
1: a race and you're not quite ready to complete that marathon if you've just started running today, you know? So if we just think that there's this newborn baby and there's kind of a newborn mum as well, you know? So your baby has grown on you for the last nine months but you haven't been breastfeeding this baby for the last nine months. While that sucking is an innate reflex, it's this whole beautiful new bond and relationship that we need to nurture. And Of course, it's going to take time. You know, Progressively it's not going to change as such, but your baby's backing is going to get stronger over time. The position is going to change. You can learn your personal preferences, giving yourself the privilege of some time and understanding that it's a learned behavior. And with practice, it's going
0: to get more efficient. That, That is just the biggest gift we can give ourselves. Let's get to actually getting baby on the boob. How often should I breastfeed my baby? Baby is crying. Uh, Mom is saying, leave the baby to cry. You must watch the clock. Others are saying, pick the baby up. I remember growing up, they used to say, if the baby, if you pick the baby up too much, then the baby's going to be naughty. And I remember with my babies, I was like, you know, my baby, pick my baby up if she cries. Okay. So how often should we breastfeed our baby? How do we know whether they're getting enough milk?
1: So in terms of frequency, what we do know is because the tummies are so small, they need to be fed frequently. That is going to range in what is normal. What we know is from birth until about six weeks, we want frequent feeding. And that can be every one, every one and a half hours, but not longer than every three hours. We don't want to go beyond every three hours because we want to ensure babies getting and receiving that optimal nutrition when they want it. And also to initiate that mom's breast milk supply, picking up your baby, explaining what you've just done, it's absolutely normal and something I encourage my mom. wear your baby, pop them into a sling or a, you know, a baby wrap carrier. Your baby wants to be close to you. Frequent breastfeeding. Don't doubt yourself. If you understand that your baby's tummy is small, that you have got cholesterol, and although it might look like a little bit of milk, it is incredibly nutritional in the early days. Latch that baby at every turn. How do you know that your baby's getting enough milk? You know, Ilana, we get a growth chart that is just like mass produced and, you know, we all expect our babies to plot above that curve at every single visit. It's not always the case, you know. Sometimes your baby may grow in length and and, and not in weight Um, but I think if you've got a Really good pediatrician, a well-baby clinic sister who values the benefits of human milk. You know, they're going to plot and plan your baby's growth charts for you, and you'll know that your baby's gaining steadily. Also, just looking at about six to eight wet nappies a day for an exclusively breastfed baby, those should be good tick boxes for you. In terms of the poop nappies, we know with a breastfed baby that can absolutely vary. <laughs> so <laughs> from a couple of days to one every seven days, totally normal. <laughs>
0: (laughs) You just reminded me of something So with my latest one She's now three I remember the baby Only made a poo once a week Oh oh no it was terrible and i would be on the phone to the doctor every single day i remember they they would answer the phone like yes mrs elana what do you need today you know it was that kind of and and i had to learn that that's a pattern. and you know what's interesting years later now that she's three we still know that this one doesn't do one every day so i have to watch and monitor her closely still till today still today three years old And that's just her normal. Yeah, it's considered normal for her because that's what her tummy has always done, you know? Oh, absolutely. Very interesting that they set the pace at such a young age. Oh, I'm really loving this. I I miss my small baby now. Oh, I could have another one. Anytime. How do I prevent sore nipples? Oh, do we remember? Do we have them? Oh yay, yay. What a question. I can tell you every single tool,
1: but that's not really going to make a difference. A lot of the tools, a lot of the interventions, for the most part, they are quick fix. We want to prevent sore nipples effectively in long term. All but it do with a baby's latch. It doesn't matter what that latch looks like. If somebody says to you, oh, it's a good latch, you kind of need to know that that's your cue sign to move on to somebody else for support. <laughs> <laughs> what matters is what that mom is feeling. It's what she's feeling. If, if it looks like it's a good latch and it's sore, hey, you need help. Essentially what we want is we want a nice deep latch. And that's essentially how we all prevent sore nipples. Because we want our baby to areola feed. We don't want them to nipple feed. Because the stimulation needs to happen at the areola for the look to be removed.
0: And I must say, there's great pictures online that shows you. So in my head, I always thought that the baby drinks the way we drink. You know, that how you drink from, uh, let's say, a, a water bottle. But the mouth is much wider on the breast, you know. As Absolutely. I wish I had an image before I started breastfeeding, you know. You you didn't think to go look online like what does a baby look like that latches. You did all the other research, you know?
1: Look, we typically sometimes show those lips curled out like a goldfish, but it's a very difficult for a mum to know. But if she's feeling any pains, even though the baby's looking like that and the latch looks so good, please get help quickly, get support. A lot of the time it's just a case of lifting up baby, putting baby tummy to tummy. I say Tummy to tummy, nose to nipple, and ask to armpit. Then you know that you've got baby nicely lined on, mom, and we're just better equipped to get a nice deep latch because it's essentially what we're looking for.
0: Question I have around breastfeeding and having flu. Do you keep breastfeeding when you're feeling flu-y?
1: Absolutely. Look, I'm always going to refer the mums back to the doctor for, for medical advice from her doctor. That should be her first step. If the doctor says you've got flu and you can continue, some reassurance for a mum should be that having flu is probably more of a reason to keep breastfeeding because it's your breast milk that's going to give your baby the very best protection against the sickness. So, it's antibodies in. That mum's breast milk is just going to help her baby develop a stronger immune system and kind of fight that infection. But let's not forget the good hygiene part: washing hands. Um, you know we've got our deodorant and our sanitizer all around us at the moment, but so just general good hygiene practices as well. Especially when a mum does have flu, it is important, Ilana.
0: Foods that we should avoid. Oh, I'm just taken back to... I was once told you can have champagne but don't have alcohol. And then I was also told don't have sushi because the babies don't like sushi. And I remember craving sushi in my pregnancy after pregnancy, probably a year later till this day, probably I still haven't had lots of it, but you know, I used to be addicted to the stuff. What do you avoid? Coffee can you drink caffeine while breastfeeding? Absolutely, I don't see why you can't drink caffeine while while breastfeeding. everything in
1: moderation. what I have learned is there's no one food you should avoid, if anything, perhaps, the amount of that food group that you're eating from should maybe be, you know, considered. Just think about it, Ilana. You have your mum in India. They might be more prone to a hot spicy curry kind of diet. You've got your mums living on a tropical island. Maybe they mostly eat, you know, seafood. What about mums living in the rural or the outlying, you know, farmland areas? They might not have access to your checkers and your willies with the fresh foods, et cetera. So I think of anything we want to encourage you to follow a healthy diet, lots of fresh fruit and vegetables, staying well hydrated. But for the most part, I don't know that there's anything that you absolutely should avoid. But definitely no amount of alcohol is ever okay. That is what I do know. And then as a rule, what you drank while you were pregnant or if you had your coffee while you were pregnant, then by all means, you can have that while you're breastfeeding. But in the early days, I'll probably just go for one cup.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Talking about things that you consume. So what about medication then? I mean, let's say you are on an antidepressant or you are taking medication for high blood pressure. Do you stop? Yeah. I mean, I I think you answered it saying that anything that you are on while you are pregnant, don't have it when you're breastfeeding. But let's hear your opinion.
1: Yeah, so in terms of any kind of medication, it's definitely safe for a medical professional and a prescribing doctor to give you advice on that. So absolutely, I'd refer those mums or expectant mums back to the consulting, GP or surgeon, you
0: know, or specialist and just say, please get that doctor's advice and let's take it from there. It's very unique. It is very unique. Seeing that it's a breastfeeding week, we might as well ask the golden question to the lady with the golden touch. Can one for pregnancy, while breastfeeding true or false (laughs) i know the answer
1: (laughs) i love it ilana okay so are you ready for this one yes you can get pregnant while breastfeeding do you know that i know of five
0: couples that have fallen pregnant
1: (laughs) while breastfeeding so let's maybe we should just keep that answer short and simple yes you can get pregnant while breastfeeding (laughs)
0: And then I have one that I have done before and listen how I said it. I didn't say that I'm guilty of doing it. I just said that I've done it. Breastfeeding my first baby was really, as I explained, oh man, it wasn't a good start for us. With my second one, it was easier because then I knew how to, but do you introduce a bottle? What if you have to start working? You know, do you put your baby on formula or pump? What would you suggest?
1: I'm very open-minded there. And I have a NICU breastfeeding support background where I've supported mums who've had 27 week babies to to meet their breastfeeding goals. And I've also had mums who have wanted or needed to go back to work, you know, when their babies are two weeks old. And I really do believe that women these days, we're well-educated and we can make an informed choice. So, a mum should get to choose when she wants to introduce a bottle and then just be supported to introduce a bottle. And a lot of the time, it's not a case of introducing a bottle. It's a case of protecting the mom's milk supply and making sure that she's still reaching her breastfeeding goal through introducing a bottle. If you go back to some kind of science, it might say, and, and probably does say, that baby at your breast will initiate your supply most efficiently, you know, with baby actually removing the milk, but what about a mom who just wants to exclusively bottle feed from day one? She should be supported to do that. Likewise, a mom who never wants to introduce a bottle, she should be supported to do that.
0: So I I go with that mom's choice. It's a big word for me, the word support. And, and I love how you use it, that ultimately it's, it is up to mom as long as baby as well, you know, and as long as, as our children are looked after. What should we look for in a good breast pump? I mean, it's not like it has a good resale value or that you can take it back.
1: And <laughs> you just know, no, if anything, <laughs> if anything, I, I always say to my mums, it's a personal care item. You know, you wouldn't quickly run next door and borrow your neighbor's toothbrush. So please don't share your breast pump. <laughs> Top of mind for me is affordability that always comes into play but I think if the mum understands what she's buying if she understands the investment of it all of a sudden that affordability in terms of hundreds to thousands of brands that can change quite quickly on that scale so I wanted to think about you know do I want to stimulate both breasts at a time or am I more comfortable stimulating one breast at a time so there we will look at an electric pump are we going to choose a double or a single do you know the outcome of a double electric pump with two phase expression do you know what the capacity of the motor is is it designed for frequent pumping is it designed for exclusive or occasional pumping that really matters what technology goes into that pump our babies are so beautifully designed to remove milk efficiently you know there needs to be
0: some science in the pumping program does she want a manual or electric the manual pump is useful but oh dear Your hand gets exhausted (laughs) eventually. You know what? I used to, my my husband would drive and the baby would be strapped in the back and I would pump with a manual pump in the passenger seat. So it's useful for, you know, on the go. And it was easy for me to travel with it because, you know, I live in Cape Town and in in Gauteng. So it was easy to travel with it because I had no scum like trying to pump uh while I'm traveling, you know. Not yeah, not not on a flight, but I would often do it if I was driven somewhere, you know, or so I had no scam in doing that. The manual pump definitely worked for that, but I would I would get both if you're able to, you know, if you're gonna opt for a I don't know, I was just thinking about it. I miss I miss my baby small. I really want another baby Leo. Can you tell? <laughs> Should we watch this space? Yes, hashtag watch this space. I really want another baby. So in terms of manual electric, it's a personal choice. Just know that with a double
1: electric, with the right technology, we're going to help you output more. It's going to be more efficient, you know? So if if the mum knows that she's better equipped, you know, are there spare parts available? Sometimes it's a tiny little part that you need and the whole pump's not working, you know, because this little membrane's missing. So... Be stabby enough to know, ask the question, is it available? You know, is it in stock? What is the warranty? There's no reason why we shouldn't be buying an expensive piece of electrical equipment that does at least come with a two-year warranty. You know, what kind of backup are the companies giving us?
0: I love how you, listen, you have just said the most practical thing ever because I remember ordering a bottle because it's the first baby, you know. You want to get i don't know the most precious expensive and and so mom helped my mother-in-law and we ordered a bottle from overseas but like you say there were no spare parts to this thing so you couldn't get it you know after the first tt was not useful anymore you couldn't get a replacement for it because now you've ordered it overseas so you just said a practical practical thing buy local probably and get something that has got spare parts Agreed. Absolutely. It's got to
1: be tactical. It's got to be accessible because you might want one of them. You might want 10 of them, you know. And then something we probably don't talk about enough is you walk into a store and there's a pump and you take it home and you think, well, it's fitted like this. It absolutely must fit me. But did you know the breast shield size, that part that actually fits onto your breast, it can come in like six different sizes. And it often ranges from like a 21 mil to a 36 mil. So that's something... I tailor make and fit my mum's with at the studio. I want to make sure that she is absolutely customized in terms of her breast shield size because it's going to help with
0: your output and your comfort. Wait a minute, did you just say a breast shield? Yeah, absolutely. Tell me more because I don't know what a breast shield is.
1: So it's a part that will um, attach to the tubing or maybe directly onto onto the motor. Um, but it's actually the the direct part that latches and fits onto the breast. And that's the diameter of that breast shield is often only one stand, what the term a standard size, is sold in store with the original packaging. Many moms don't know that you get different sizes. And like I say, I mean,
0: you do the measurements, you know, the mass between 21 and 36. Listen, it's quite different, yes. But now this is news to me. Okay, and then how, so you measure, the breast is measured. How do you do it at your clinic? You measure the boob and then? Yeah,
1: so there are like little, um, you know, tape charts that, we actually measure, worse, but I prefer to have the mum sitting here, and we actually fit the different breast shell sizes. Because remember, it depends what vacuum the pump is on. That will determine how much space she needs as well. And then wait for it: your right and your left breast can fit a completely different
0: size. This I know called normal. <laughs> <laughs> I favoured the one boob, the one on the left. It was so much easier. Wow. So then you, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. So you fit the mom now with a breast shield, yeah? Yeah. And then she'll know, look, um, you know, sometimes
1: the 24 four's just right. Sometimes the 32 and a half just perfect. So this takes a bit of time, you know, but if the mum sees choosing a breast pump as an investment, I'm going to use this tool yeah you know, someone 's want to pump someone 's absolutely don 't want to pump, but because of the circumstances they have to I want to make it as efficient
0: and comfortable as possible to her and filling the brake short size is incredibly important Oh, you make me so excited. And breastfeeding while you're pregnant. So baby is on the way. You didn't listen to this podcast. You forgot that you can fall pregnant while breastfeeding. And now you have another one on the way and you're still breastfeeding the first one.
1: Absolutely. I want you to go and check with your doctor. I think here we need some medical advice. Every mom is different. Please get your doctor's medical advice on this. I think that would be the safest.
0: You mentioned earlier about bottle feeding and how we should support all moms, you know, no matter what they decide, because what's best, we don't know their circumstances. And I, I love, I just love your support to, to moms that just wants to take care of their children. And so what's your opinion on, on breast milk, but then also to, to like they call top-up, so supplement feed, to give them formula?
1: Absolutely. If that, is going, if that is what the mom wants to do for whatever reason, and she never needs to tell you what that reason is, I'm going to support her to breastfeed, and then to support her to reach out to her well-baby clinic sister or or to her pediatrician to make sure that her baby's on the correct formula. And then by all means, the general recommendation there is breastfeed your baby or offer your express breast milk in a bottle and then depending, you know, on the amount of express breast milk, et cetera, then absolutely offer the formula feed there. It's making a plan to make sure our babies thrive and while breastfeeding is the biological normal, it doesn't always come easy. That is when we turn to our medical professionals to support us to choose the best formula for our babies, like I had to with my second born and it's essentially... I was part of the story as to how the dental feeding studio was born. Mum's everywhere, always needs
0: support. I immediately have visions of the baby who's sitting in the pram and how everyone wants to see the baby and they take the dummy out of the mouth. We all have feelings around that. People touching our babies now during COVID, you don't touch anyone's children. Thank goodness. What's your perception on pacifiers and dummies?
1: I'm a big fan of letting the mom know when she should give a dummy. I think for a mum who is initiating breastfeeding, so that's typically in the early days, born to about six weeks old, don't pop that dummy into their baby's mouth when that baby needs a breastfeed. Because if anything, it might temper the initiation. Of your breast milk supply, But if you know why you're giving your baby a dummy If you're giving your baby a dummy to soothe them Because you've said well and you're going to bath him Or you're changing his nappies Absolutely, to each mum their own I don't think we should tell our mums not to give a baby a dummy I think a mum should be informed When and how to give a dummy
0: Wonderful I'm so loving this chat, Slea. That's incredible Off the boob When do we say this is enough? It is time to dry up these babies. And I'm not talking about your children. I'm talking about (laughs) when do we take baby or toddler or child off the boob? I'm always going to go with the World Health Organization
1: who recommends that our babies are exclusively breastfed up until six months. And then we start introducing, you know, solids along with the breastfeeding. But, you know, that choice in terms of taking the baby off the boob or the toddler off the boob,
0: (laughs) Ilana. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I didn't mean to laugh. I didn't mean to laugh, I promise. It's because Leah and I know a story before this, which I will tell to you shortly. Okay, sorry. So when to take toddler off the boob, Yes
1: when that mom chooses. I have met many moms who have breastfed their baby for a few weeks for a few months and I've also met moms who have breastfed their toddlers until they are like four and a half years old and that's her normal and I will support her to reach her normal and maintain her normal. So let
0: that be mum to mum choice. And I, I must say, at this stage, I should let people know what your goal was. So before Leah and I had this interview, I said to her, "What's the one thing that she wants to do?" And she said, "To support mothers to reach their breastfeeding goals." So if your goal is to to breastfeed your toddler, and you just said it, then let every mum make their own choice. But the reason for my giggle earlier is because, so before I had children, I had these visions that they would I would breast breastfeed till they are a lot older, you know, I was, I was going to breastfeed a four year old. And one of my friends actually reached that goal. I mean, she has a four and a half year old who's still drinking from her. So, so that's why I have the giggle because it's a goal that I had. But I mean, you have many goals before you have children. Uh, and then there's the other goals that people stick to. And I know, I know of two moms that are breastfeeding toddlers.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I totally relate to your giggle because that, that was one of my goals, to be breastfeeding my toddlers. But with my second child, it didn't work out that way. Mm. I've chosen to celebrate that she thrived
0: too. So. Yeah, no, I hear you. Listen, this was insightful. you The more you speak, the more I want a little baby to hold. Oh. We'll be seeing you soon At the Gentle Breastfeeding Gentlebreastfeedingstudio.co.za If you want to check out Leah Hughes's uh, Websites and also on Facebook You can find them at Gentle Breastfeeding You're a gentle soul and I know now why you called your studio that Because you speak so beautifully When it comes to our concerns and also our babies And our breasts and we need that We need support of not just women around us But experts and other moms Leah said she's a mom to a mom Oh other yeah, other support from moms around us. Leah, thanks for your time today.
1: You're absolutely welcome. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for raising the very important conversation that every mother and her baby is unique, you know. And just a reminder to the mums out there, we really do the best we can with the tools we have. So thank you for allowing me to be a part of this great
0: movement. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Fed Health. FedHealth's FlexiFed 2 and 3 options offer superb maternity and childhood benefits, including its free FedHealth baby program, to see members through their pregnancy and parenting journeys. Choose FedHealth for trusted medical aid cover that gives you choice, flexibility and control, and that will be with you through every stage of your family's unique journey. FedHealth. We let you be you.